Well, praise the Lord. Amen. I want to welcome you right now to the International Deliverance Ministries radio broadcast and podcast. My name is Evangelist Sean Benito. Praise the Lord. I want to give God thanks for all that he's done and all that he will continue to do. And at this time, we have my son. Amen. Brother Isaac Benito with us. Amen. And we're about to go through a discussion about the young people in the ch- in the world today, why they are not, why they are rejecting the gospel and why those who claim to be saved in the church world today are not showing the fruit of salvation as they should be doing as according to the scriptures. Amen. We're going to begin with a word of prayer. Father, touch our hearts as we hear from your word and enable us, O oh God, to be doers of that wonderful word of life. Now, here is only deceiving our own self. And those who are not saved, O oh God, listening to the sounds of our voice at this time, that they would come to know you as their Savior and as their Lord, and that they would repent of their sin and trust the Lord Jesus Christ by faith alone for their salvation. We just pray this, O oh God, and for those who are saved, that they would be encouraged. And those who have been backslidden would repent and come back to you before it's too late. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. So right now we're going to go and we're going to talk about, amen, the issue of the falling away. Why there are so many young people today, and not just young people, as my son mentioned as we were about to begin this podcast, but he was, he was wise to mention that the adults as well, many, many of those who are, um, you know, of course, there's young people that are adults as, as well, too, but, but the, those who are older, amen, um, who have fallen away from the faith, who are no longer serving the Lord Jesus Christ and walking with God. Why is that? And the question is, you know, the question is not really so much as why is that. That is the, one, the, the main question. But the question is, uh, what, what is what, why is it happening now? And, and, and you know, what, what are the churches doing about it? And, the, you know, the, the reality is most churches today are trying to bring forth gimmicks to bring people in the church. But this is totally opposite from what the scriptures actually teach. And so, Isaac, we'll have my son Isaac here. Brother Isaac, what do you think about that? Well, it's a, it's a terrible situation that, you, you know, the what's happening with young people. This generation, you know, the, the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, um, what is the cause? Uh, uh, what was it? I said um, Ecclesiastes eight. I'm pretty sure it was. It says, "Why do you say what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this." So, while we look at the generation today, we think you know they're worse than any other. It's not entirely true because these things have always been happening. But in a sense, what is happening today is worse because we have access to technology, access to things that previous generations didn't have. So there's even more of a gateway, even more of an opportunity to sin further so this generation is growing more perverse doing more terrible things accessibility to sin easy uh children seeing stuff at young ages that they should never be seeing at those ages you know this is what this is what technology is doing and it's not just technology it's also the scripture says that the spirit of iniquity and and you know the spirits of demons are going to work more and more in the last days to grow more people in rebellion against god so we have to expect these things to be happening but yeah the the young people these days, just, you know, it's terribly perverse, you know, it, uh, terribly sinful what's happening. And it's right. just so, so many messed up things happening in our, in our society today. That's right. And I think, you know, the, the question, again, to get back to what that's, that's good, what you're saying, absolutely. I mean, there's so many things that can bring people's attention, especially the youth of our nation and generation away from the things of God. There's, you know, all kinds of things on their phones and everything else that, that, that's grabbing their attention. Uh, away from the things of God, and that's one of the Satan's tactics, is it not? You know, to make people, uh, you know, 
not think about their souls, you know, not be concerned about where they're going to spend eternity in heaven or hell. Right. And that's exactly where most, uh, you know, what what's happening today among not just the young people, but, but it, you know, uh, people in general. And but, you know, when it goes, when we go back to why is there a falling away, though, well, the question is, why are young people today and we're going to focus on them, but we're going to talk about everybody, but we're going to focus on the youth of our of our uh, nation and of our generation. Why are young people today not embracing the gospel? Why is there such a falling away? Now, we know the Bible says exactly in Second Thessalonians chapter number two. Amen. And if we go down to verse number three, the Bible clearly states that there will be a falling away first. Right. Amen. And so so, the, yeah, there'll be a falling away first. And so the Bible says here, I'm just going to read it real quick. And Second Thessalonians chapter number three, chapter number or rather two and verse number three says, let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition now what does this mean of falling away first and how does it apply to our young generation today well it just it, falling away means more and more people are going to be leaving christ you know turning back from him uh that's right as you see this the, the, you know the most quoted old testament verse in the new testament is from isaiah 6 when it says uh let their ears their eyes are closed they have eyes they can't see they have ears they can't hear their heart is waxed dull and all of these things and god says yes, lest right. they should be converted and i should heal them mm. and the reason why this verse is quoted so much in the new testament is because so many people decide not to follow christ to right. not follow the lord jesus to not obey god and his truth and to not believe the gospel so a falling away this is what the falling away is that people they have eyes but they don't see the truth they have ears but they don't hear god's word mm -hmm. all of these things they decide willingly to reject it and for you know for each individual it may be a lot of different things but i think one of the right. biggest reasons these days is because of people's lust of their flesh you know right like exactly it says right. in the book of um uh second timothy chapter two or chapter four sorry it says incontinency which means without self-control you know people they, there is no such thing as self-control in society today they go after this thing and that thing and people like being bad they rejoice in their being evil you yes. know they rejoice in their darkness when you go That's to the right. parties and all these things the 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 places dim lit when they go to these bars the, the places dim lit this is representative of what's, what it's like in the spiritual state as well it's darkness so people they like engaging in these things because they're they've totally they're with beyond feeling. They're without feeling mm. when these things, when they do these things, isolated from the life of God. So that's one big reason is that people like they like to engage in the pleasures of their sins. They don't want to give those things up. They right. like being bad because they are the children of the devil, as the scripture right. says, the children of the prince of the power right. of the air. They yes. don't want to submit to uh, God. That's, that's that's a big right. thing. Well, that's, that's 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 exactly right. They want to. You know, the Bible says that, you know, in this same chapter that I just read in Second Timothy, chapter number three, the Bible says they, they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved, but they have pleasure in unrighteousness. So you're right. They have pleasure in their sin. Isn't that right? Yes. Right. They have pleasure in their iniquity. And so as as people are drawn clo closer, like you meant, you made a good point. People are drawn to the lusts of their flesh. And the Bible says after their own lust, Second Timothy chapter number four says after their own lust shall they heap teaches to themselves. Now. And so that's what they're doing. They're, they're walking after their own sinful desires and passions of sin. 
right, of that which goes contrary to the doctrine and laws of the Lord Jesus Christ of God and his word. So what we find is that there is a falling away that's happening, that's here and it's now and it's happening right before our eyes, right before our eyes. So the question I want to give to you now, now the Bible is a falling away. We know somebody who's saved can't, you know, rather somebody who's not saved cannot fall away. I mean, what are, they, what are they falling away from, right? They, they can only be, so it only can refer to somebody who's saved. You have to, in order to fall away, you have to be uh, near that thing and in, inside of that thing to fall away from it, right? Yeah. So therefore, the, uh, the unsaved can't fall away from the faith. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's right. So it's referring to... Th- there come a falling away first. So why, why, what does that mean, a, fall, a falling away first? And what is causing that falling away, in particular amongst the youth of our generation in the church world? Well, the, the, the falling away is like, uh, you know, like I said, the rebellion against God. And the things that are leading to it, like I said, is, you know, less, right? But also right. when it comes to youth in the church, the reason why, you know, even you look at statistics and things, they're falling away, they're leaving, all of these different things, I think is due to a, a multiplicity of factors. When you look at um, churches right nowadays, as I as I uh, talked about in my YouTube channel, people are, we have more relevant, like the relevant movement, you know, started in the past couple decades amongst the church saying we need to be relevant with the youth. So they start adopting worldly methods, worldly music, these type of things to attract people into the church and these things. So we are now at a stage where the church in the West especially is more relevant than we've ever been and yet we have more people leaving than we've ever had. So clearly this mm-hmm. can't be the key. The point. Yes. And in my opinion, this is part right. of the problem because al- w- along with this relevance, many times comes a lack of teaching of the word of God. When you go to these churches, when you go to these youth groups, there's nothing but games and all these things. When right. you go back to the New Testament, you look in the book of Acts, you look and study the writings of the apostles and even like things about the early church church you see what were they doing what did they do with the children they were they didn't i'm not saying don't let kids play games and all this stuff that's ridiculous but what i am saying is when you go back to these things everybody was there they were all being taught the word of god they were all being in prayer the scripture says they were breaking of bread constantly in the disciples doctrine this is what they were they were in this constant this thing and those children grew up to be leaders and and heroes spreading the good news doing uh, good works, they grew up to be people filled with the Spirit. That's the difference. But now we have churches, youth groups, uh, Sunday schools, and all these things that are just full of crafts, games, taking them bowling, taking them skiing, taking them to movies, whatever, having all this fun. But they're not teaching them the Word of God. And the Word of God that is taught is so sparse, so scanty, so empty, so fluffy, so futile that no substance is there. And now we have people that grow up that barely know anything, Mm -hmm. that barely care about anything because they were taught in church to essentially not care about anything because they were fed no meat they were fed you know cheap milk and now we have people growing up and yeah no name milk no name yeah exactly no name brand not even (laughs) hallelujah and that's the problem see yeah well this this is right and you know i mean again you mentioned some of those things in and of itself is is is, you know taking the bowling and a few other things is not there's nothing wrong with that in, in and of itself of course the movies there is something wrong with the movies obviously you know the perversion and filth and vomit and the cursing swearing and all the uh, you know, adultery and homosexuality and everything, and all the false uh, occultish agenda that the movies want to promote. We should not have no partake of that, obviously, as a Christian. But, you know, the, when we had our youth group, you know, when we were doing, when we had our youth group, when I was in, in, in a, youth, a youth pastor years ago, what we would have is that we would have our services every Friday. Amen. We'd have our preaching, we'd have our gospel music, amen, and worship and all that. 
And then we would have uh, maybe an activity every other Saturday. We would never replace the activity uh, or rather replace the preaching or the, in the service with the activity. Because what that teaches that, that is, is that the activity supersedes the word of God, right? It, it's above the word of God, essentially, or that, or that well, you know, we, we can have the word of God as a sideline or, or some, pe- some people, some uh, ministries that have, a, you know, the, the event and maybe have a five-minute blurb at the end. I mean, what are you teaching the children at that? You're teaching them that the word of God is, it does not have the predominance, right? Yeah. It's, not, it's not the most important thing in, the, in, the, in, the, in our lives. What, you know, why should I take heed to it, right? And so we, we say a little prayer with them. All they're saved because they say a little prayer. But it's easy believism. I mean, there has to be a change. There has to be repentance in the lives of the young people, whereby they turn away from their sin. They turn away from those cigarettes and those, the cursing, the swearing, the movies, the, the, the ungodly video games and all the different things that they're doing. Uh, whether it's the young people or the old or uh, older adults or whoever it may be, we all got to realize that the, the Bible, the gospel requires all of us to repent, to take up our cross, deny ourselves, and to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we be his disciple if we don't do that? No. No. So the reality is that, that this is what's being promoted in most of these churches with the young people, right? And so, obviously, when they grow up to, let's say, I don't know, maybe the age of 18, 19, they're getting ready for college, for university. And what happens to them at that point? Uh, you know, what happens? Yeah, they, they usually fall away. They usually fall away. Why? Because they had Why? no grounding. They had no, uh, yeah. a lot of time they had no true salvation. And yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. A lot of times there was no true, no, no true salvation. They were not truly grounded in, in the gospel. And, but, but. But they, it was all, they were looked at it, it was just fluff, right? There, there was no sound doctrine. They were not rooted and grounded in the faith, amen? Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. And so um, you, you find that in the churches today, that they, they just go ahead and they, they try to find, why are the young people leaving? You know, there was, a, there was a, a study the other day that came out, you know, why are so many people leaving the church today or the evangelical church today? You know, and then somebody wrote another, I guess, Bible school teacher wrote, uh, of one of the, you know, one of these large um, uh, uh, theological institutions here in Canada. He wrote and said, well, you know, we, we really got to re- rethink uh, uh, our approach to evangelism. I'm thinking, what kind of rubbish is that? <laughs> rethink our approach to evangelism. That's what got us in the mess in the first place. Right. Is it not? That's the thing. People just, people overcomplicate it. They need to return back to the simplicity. Hallelujah. This Amen. Is crazy. You know, Ian Bounds was a great man of God back in the yes. day. He said, what the church needs is not new methods or more That's machinery right. and better machinery. Yes. But we need men of God who pray. This Amen. Is the thing. Praise and God. the thing about young people falling away, it's not just, oh, this is the one factor. This is the one thing. It's such a, a combination of things all yes. tied together. That's For right. an, another important thing to notice is parents... Sending Christian parents, you know, they might truly be Christian, but but they send their children yeah. off to church mm-hmm. to learn from the youth pastor, to learn from the teacher, whatever. And th- those parents, they go to the, you know, the adult service and those parents, they go to their work, they're nine to five and they do all their stuff, but they never have time to teach the kids themselves. This is a right. recipe for disaster. That's right. You do not uh, give your kids over just to the people. And say, well, I'm too busy to teach my kids. You know, this that is That's a responsibility right. that God gave to parents to teach their children. 
the the things of God. You know, Amen. you don't just hand off your kids to the place. That is your responsibility. You can't That's just right. evade that. That's not the pastor's responsibility or the teacher's responsibility. That's right. It's their the parents' responsibility to exactly. also teach. It starts in the home. That's you know what I'm saying. That's, That's right. another big uh, uh, recipe for disaster as well. That that parents don't take the time to teach their kids themselves about the Word of God and just depend yes. on uh, church teachers to do it. Absolutely right. You know, and that is so powerful because you think about it, you know, what did the Bible say in the Old Testament? What did God say in the Old Testament to do and to teach uh, the young people? Right? When thou walkest by the way, right. when thou liest down. What is that in the scripture? De- give De- me Deuteronomy that. 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let's turn there for a moment. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Okay, so we're going to go there in Deuteronomy chapter 6 just for a moment because this is what we're talking about here. Amen. About uh, the young people of today leaving the faith, amen? And many of them, of course, unfortunately, were not even saved to begin with, but some may have been. And they're leaving the faith as well as adults are. People are, there's an apostasy that's happening, amen? But, but how did it occur? Well, this is one of the reasons why it did, amen? As we say that, as we said before, as Brother Isaac said before, that, that it's not just one simplified reason, but there are multiple numbers of reasons why this has happened. Can you just read this, those verses of Scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 6? Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse... Uh Four and down to verse uh, nine, I suppose. Yeah. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Mm. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Amen. Now look at what it says here in verse 7, right? Deuteronomy chapter number 6 and verse 7. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou what? When thou sittest in thine house, right? Sit when you're sitting to eat, when you're sitting, amen, just on the couch, amen. You talk about the word of God to your children, praise the Lord, amen. And then it's, it, you talk about when you're sitting down, just relaxing, having something to eat. You, you, you talk about the word of God. Amen. And the Bible says, and when thou walkest by the way, when you're walking up the street to go to the car, when you're walking to go into the store, going to the bank, going to the, to, uh, whatever, to the park, amen, whatever you're doing. Praise the Lord. Walking to school, walking them to school, walking, whatever it is. The Bible, when you walk by the way, you were to tell your children about the things of God. Remind them about what the Bible says. Amen. Amen. And then it goes on to say, when thou liest down, when you're about to go to sleep, when you're about to take a rest. Amen. And when thou rises up, when you get up in the morning, when you go down uh, to sleep at night, all the time, 24-7. Amen. Seven days, 24-7. You tell your children about the things of God, about the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ, about his salvation, why he died and rose again, about living holy, about living right, about sound doctrine and teaching. Teach them against evolution. Teach them against the sin of abortion, against the sin of homosexuality, against the sin of of, uh, divorce and remarriage and fornication and pornography and all all this mess. This is why we find ourselves in such a mess today because we're not, in the, as a whole, the majority of individuals, thank God for those that are doing this, but the, but as a whole, most people are not doing this to the children. Isn't that right? Yeah. They're not. They're not. But matter of fact, they, oh, that's legalism. You can't tell your children, oh, you're being so legalistic if you teach them the word of God all the time that's coming out of your mouth. What an abomination from the pit of hell. Amen? Amen. It's an abomination. God says, no, God says, do it. 
Do it. Amen. All this nonsense. Oh, you're becoming legal. Listen, what the problem is today, you see, is that most of the people want to be like the world. They want to see how close they can be with the world. Right. Yeah. And, and, and how how close we can get to that edge. And really, they don't understand that the, the minute they, they desire that in the heart, they're not getting close to the edge. They're in. They're already there with them. Because the minute you try to open that straight gate, that narrow way, the minute you do that, that narrow way, the minute you widen the narrow way, it's no longer narrow. Amen. It is now wide. Amen. And that's the problem. And so what we find today, so the bottom line is how the, the, they're asking the question, Isaac, they're asking the question, how do I, you know, how do we get the young people in the church? So many are falling away. How do we get the adults in the church? How do we get all these different individuals who are uninterested in Christianity, in the things of God? How do we draw them back into the gospel or try to get them interested and try to get them in the church? Is Number one, is this even the right question? Uh, no, well, not, not really. Because, okay, there's three things you need right. to remember. First of all, let me present you with a mind-blowing thought. Every single country where... Christianity is growing where multiples of people are getting saved places like China places like India Nepal Mongolia for example Mongolia in the 1980s they estimated there was 40 Christians there and now there's about 400,000 okay so in these type of places what you find is it is very rare for people to think about relevancy and all these things and yet that's where Christianity is exploding that's where people are getting saved okay that's the first thing you need to realize and yet in the countries where everybody's like we need to rethink this we need to rethink that and trying to make more carnal methods more fleshly methods you know and all of these things that's where christianity is declining okay because you know there's one thing important because i've heard kids at school mock this type of you know christian rock and all of these things and whatever Mm. people do in the church because they realize how you know a very popular word these days is cringe it is very cringy to see these Christian people try to be popular with the youth and all these things. These like, you know, middle aged men trying to be super cool and hip and wearing like skinny, tight, ripped jeans. It, it's v- it's extremely cringy to see them. So which preachers are you talking about here now? Well, I, I'm not going to name any names, but it's just a thing that you see in these these type of churches. It's it's extremely cringy right, that they're trying to be, you know, become it, it's almost uncomfortable as a young person and also even unsaved young people. I've heard it's, it's extremely uncomfortable to see this type of thing happening. That's the first thing you need to remember that the. Uh, as I was saying, the places where relevancy and all this, the mm. relevant movement is popular, mm. Christianity is actually declining. And the places where Good it's point. just a simple teaching of the word of God, that simplicity in Christ, without all this noise and these lights and these flashing and these smoke, without all that, that's where Christianity is growing. That's the first thing you need to remember. And mm-hmm. um, the that's second right. thing that I think is extremely important to remember is that when you're a Christian, you know, all of these things. Uh, here's the thing. That here's, here's what I was going to say. People uh, saying about bringing people into the church, they're like, how can we get them into the church? How can we get them into the church? Why are you concerned about getting them into the church? That's right. That's a big problem in and and of itself because your goal should not be to get people into the church. What's your goal? What's your goal when people are saying, get them into the church, get them into the church, just so you can boast about statistics and numerical superiority over other religions or what? What's your point? Is this like a competition with the other religions? Is this a competition to say, oh, yeah, we have a lot of people in our church? Like, what's the point of saying, get them into our church? You should be desiring to see people saved. You should be desiring to see people set on fire for God. You see all these people at these concerts. And they're jumping up and down and they have their arms waving and all this stuff. And then you hear the people say, oh, these kids are on fire for God. No, they're not. Half of them are not. uh, Way more than half of them are not on fire for God. They're there because of the hype. 
they do the exact same thing that people are they praising God? No, they're just look how much fun it is. It's like jumping up and down. It's carnality. No, no, no. Some people will say, oh, well, how do you know that? You don't know that. You've not been to these places. How do you know what you're saying is true? I mean, you don't know everybody's heart. What would you say about that? Well, that is true. I would have to give them somewhat of a concession there. I don't Uh, know everybody's heart. So, but the vast majority of these people and don't take my word for it. Go to these places and watch these people befriend the kids there. You will find, because I know many people who go to these type of things, you will find that many of them, their lives throughout exactly the week right. are not holy lives. This is they don't care about uh, God. They don't care about the things of God. They, right. they say, well, I'm not as Christian as you. And, you know, I'm, we're, I'm not yep. saying that we should think we're better than other people. God forbid. No, that but would it's, be what, they it's yes. what they say. But that's what they think. And that is how they act. And they, they are swearing. They're cursing. They're doing all kinds of other right. things. So right. these things, the fruit of these things, it is worldliness. They are trying yes. to be like the world, trying to conform to the world. And that is what it's going to uh, make in people. Exactly. And so they had to get him back to the question I just asked you. Right. So when they say, oh, you don't know their heart, you don't know their heart, you don't know their heart. It's, they're just trying to justify uh, the, these worldly and sinful methods. Right? right. Because the reality is, yes, while we don't know what's in some, someone's heart, but, but we do know them by their fruits. Jesus, you should know them by the fruits when they're bringing forth fruit that's evil. That's ungodly, that's perverse, that's fleshly, worldly. And they love the world, like you said, the curse, they swear, the smoke of marijuana, they're doing all these different kinds of things, right? And they say they're saved, right? We know that, 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 that by their fruit, they are not right with God. They're not saved. And we see this same rotten fruit in the majority of the youth in the churches today. Unfortunately, are there some godly Christians there? There could be, but they're few and far between. And and to be honest with you, I don't know of very many. I've, and I, I can't really think of any. I'll be honest, not to say that they're not, but that I don't really I don't really know of any other than 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 the, I, I know. Of, praise God, one good brother who's going to your Bible study that loves the Lord. He's saved. He loves Christ. Amen, brother Joseph. But I mean, when in regards to these other churches, I don't know of. I can't think of anybody. Now, that doesn't mean there's not one or two or whatever out there. But we, what we're saying is that the majority of those that we know and observe that we see by their lives and by their testimony do not exemplify Christ. Amen? Amen. Do not exemplify the cross. Do not exemplify a born-again change experience. They love the world. They love listening to the worldly music. Amen? They don't mind listening to Jay-Z and Beyonce and Taylor Swift and all that garbage from the pit of hell. Amen? Amen. They don't love, They don't mind that, and they don't even mind telling you about it. They have absolutely no shame whatsoever. And then we, you know, so this is what this is why you've said what you said, and brother Isaac, is because of the fact that they are trying to say, oh, you don't know the heart. It's a, it's a smoke screen. They're not. They don't even try to analyze it according to the word of God. Amen. And that's the problem today. So the whole uh, the whole problem with the question that I asked as, that I mentioned earlier about. Uh, the about you know how we get the young people in the church you answered so good uh, you, uh, so correctly about it so it's a great answer that you gave was that that was not the question we need to look at souls number one but number two the, the problem with that question is 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 a, is a second one is a second part as well is is that to say how do we get these young people in the church or our people in the church in in general uh is is immediately looking for a worldly method in order to attract them into your organization. 
So you're, in other words, you're saying that that okay, the simple preaching of the cross is not sufficient to bring them in. The power of the precious Holy Ghost convicting them of sin is not enough. We need to bring them in as best as we possibly can. Is that what the Bible teaches? No, no, no. It doesn't teach that at but, all. And at this point, many people would interject and they would say, you know. First Corinthians nine says, you know, I become all things to all men that I might all be saved some. But here's the problem with saying with using that passage, you know, it's a great passage, you know. But the problem with using that is that this does not mean change the message. And this does not That's mean right. that we should employ methods that are unbiblical. That's right. Because when you look at the Apostle Paul, he preaches the gospel in a different way when he's in a different place. Acts 13, he's preaching to the Jews. He preaches yes. using the scriptures, the prophets, these things. When he preaches in Athens, he preaches using their poets and a more you know Greek philosophical style. But right, right. here is the thing that most people don't realize. What he is preaching is the exact same thing. It is Amen. merely in a Amen. different way. But here's the problem. The thing about these worldly venues, these worldly, uh, you know, church, you know, the concerts and whatnot, youth groups, whatever, is that the gospel that is being preached there is not the same as is recorded in the scriptures. It usually follows something like this. They will usually say something like, you have a broken life, you know, your relationships, you're hurting. Jesus can heal those hurts. Jesus can heal those. Just come mm. to him. Just run to yeah. him and all this stuff. Where somebody point to me. Please, where such a way is spoken of or preached in the Amen. New Testament, it is not non-existent because right. that is not what the gospel is. That's right. Amen. Praise the gospel God. is not Jesus heals your hurts. The gospel That's is right. Jesus forgives you of your sins and saves you. The gospel is he gives Amen. you eternal life if you believe in his name. This is the totally radically different uh, message that these people are preaching. It's different. Right. It's totally different. The gospel message does not change uh, depending on this or that. That's the problem. And then once you're saved... Yes, he will heal your pain. Yes, he, he will cast, oh, Bible says, cast all your care upon him for he cared for you. Once you're born again, once you're a child of God, but you made, you made a good point. That in and of itself is not the gospel. And when people say, oh, oh, God will heal your pain, God will heal your hurt, what are you saying? There's no cross there. There's no repentance there. It's all about you. Huh? Right. It's all about me. Oh, I want my pain to be hurt. But do I got do, what, but what cross do I have to take up and follow him? Nothing. I don't got to do nothing like that. Matter of fact, no, I, I can just bring Christ into my own life and, and, and he could be a part of my life. He could be my buddy and I'll tell him what, what to do and I'll tell him where to go. And, I, and that's exactly what this false Christianity is like today. Yes. Amen. Yep. So it's not that Christ changes your life anymore. It's that you, you, you try to uh, bring Christ into your life as your buddy. You, you, he, he no longer changes your life. Amen. Amen. But you bring him into a part of your life, amen, to, uh, into your uh, agenda or your ideology or whatever. He no longer just changes you anymore. You no longer deny yourself and follow him. And that is not the gospel. The gospel is you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Or oh, you cannot be his disciple. You cannot be saved. And you will not go to heaven, but you will go directly to an eternity in hell. That's what the Bible says. And that is not the message, unfortunately, that, 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 the, that the church world and the world can no longer uh, attain anymore. They don't yeah. want to listen to that anymore. Is that right? Amen. Yes. Amen. So 
This is what we're saying. There's a falling away. There is a falling that's happening right now. The young people don't desire, many of them don't desire to hear that. So there's a Bible say, well, you know, there's a Bible say, well, they don't desire to hear that. Let's look for another method. Let's look for another means. Let's look for another way. Let's not talk about hell and, and, and judgment and sin. Listen, you made a good point about the Apostle Paul. Yes, when he went to the Jews, he would talk more about the prophets and, and, and about, uh, you know, the fulfilling of Scripture. Amen? And so forth. And, but, and when he went to the uh, Gentiles, many of the Gentiles didn't know Scripture. Amen? So, so obviously, like you said, he'd go and talk more of a philosoph philosophical uh, message to them in some ways, right? Try to, try to uh, bring forth ideas that they would understand. But, did, but it was the same message in this. He always preached about sin. Amen? Amen? He always preached about damnation, hell. He always preached about salvation and the forgiveness of sins and by repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to the Jew first and also to the Greek. This is what he said in Romans chapter number 1, right? Verses 16 to 17. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is hallelujah the power of God unto salvation unto everyone that believeth unto the Jew first he says and then also to the Greek Amen. So it's important to mention that that the message never changed. But these people, you know, I'm going to mention something. You don't want to mention names, but I'll mention names. I and mean, we pray for these people, like people like Rob Bell and others that say that, you know, uh, oh, you know, God, uh, love wins and all this garbage. Right. And Mars Hill, this is how Christ said, oh, you know, God's truth is in everywhere, uh, you know, is in the Bhagavad Gita is found in the. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know, the Vedas found in the in the Quran and all this garbage. What do you say about that? Because why I mention this is because many of the young people today are saying that there are many ways to heaven and they have this relativism, um, you know, this relativistic ideology concerning the religions of the world and they lump biblical Christianity among all of the rest of these false religions. So what do you say when, they, when, when these preachers get up, and these false teachers get up and say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, we can find God's truth in, in, you know, in, in everywhere. What would you say about that? Well, you know, that's a good point you raised because w when you witness to pretty much anybody these days, they'll say, oh, how is your belief any different from, you know, they, they'll say, you know, there's hundreds of religions, there's hundreds of gods. How do you know yours is any more valid than anybody else and all that stuff? That's what they'll say, right? That's right. Now, first of all, this is them just trying to evade the question of, you know, salvation, forgiveness of their sins, etc. But yes. also the damage that this is doing that people are saying, oh, you know, and trying to make concessions with other belief systems is doing mm -hmm. so much damage yes. to the spreading of the much gospel. So, you know so, what I mean? So. Because yeah. it creates the idea that, oh, it's OK. You know, all of us, we're all on the same type of path. But no, man, Jesus is the only path, the only Amen. path of life. How how can the you read this? Not read the scripture. The only the supreme way. The only way. There is nothing else. There is no other truth. The trees Amen. and the rocks and the sea and the birds. Everything is testifying to this one truth that Amen. Jesus is the only master, Hallelujah. the only savior, the only prince. This yes. is what people need to realize. This is what people need to understand about salvation. You know, Amen. That is only Him. And when people right. start speaking in that way, it's only the devil trying to use them to to bring them to this. You know, this Amen. end. But here's That's another right. thing I I think is important to realize that when people uh, are surprised about all of the, you know, the different people, all the youth fleeing the church, running away from the, or leaving the church. They need to realize that this was prophesied in the scriptures. This should That's not right. be an extreme shock like Good all point. these Christian leaders Amen. say. Good oh, point. what are we going to do? Point. This exactly. is terrible. This is, oh my goodness. Yes. And writing articles and all this stuff and trying to devise methods and plans. This was said in the scriptures. This is the problem yes. why people don't read the scriptures. Exactly they didn't right. see this before. They didn't anticipate this. All the chips are falling into place. The failure of the church right. to be faithful to Christ and the fail and all these things are it's all falling into place. Everything is where it has to lie before Jesus comes back. Amen. And one place I want to look at in the book of Zechariah chapter yes. 13 all right praise God
Amen. That's a good point. Praise God. Is uh, Zechariah chapter 13, verse 8 and 9. Zechariah Zachari- 13, you said? Yeah. Okay, 8 and 9. Okay, praise God. Now, this passage is talking, God was talking to the people of Israel, of course, right? But I think you can also see something here for uh, our age as well. It says, Zechariah 13, verse 8 and 9. Remember, God is talking to Israel in the passage. He says, And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. And they shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say it is my people and they shall say the Lord is my God. So yes, yes, amen. This this uh this passage, these two verses, Zechariah chapter thirteen, verse eight and nine. God says he says two parts will be cut off and die, but the third part shall be left there. And he's talking about the people of Israel, right near the last days. Mm-hmm. But I think this is also a, rele- a relevant passage for the church today, even because when you look at the statistics, an incredible thing is what they're saying is two about two thirds of young people end up leaving the church. Just like God says here, He says the Lord says two parts therein will cut off and die, right? Mm-hmm. And He says. I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is tried and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call my name and I will hear them. I will say it is my people. They will say the Lord is my God. Now, I want to make, make, make something clear. You know, we were talking about a lot of the bad things that happen with the youth, why they're falling away, the mess that's going on. But also, I want to also give a message of hope because there could be somebody here who's listening and says, wow, that's me yes. or whatever. Yes. Now, what it says in this passage, God Amen. says these two parts are going to be cut off and die. They're going to succumb to the temptation of Satan. They're going to succumb to the lust of this world, lust of these things. And nobody is free from this. We are all bombarded every single day with these things. We are mm-hmm. all, you know, and most of us, every now and then we are giving in to some form of it, you know. But this is the thing. Those, Jesus said, who endure to the end shall be saved. As it Amen. says here in Zechariah, those Praise who God. decide Amen. even when all they are assailed with all these things from Satan, even if they fail seven times, the scripture says they rise back up and they repent and they get rid of it. The scripture says this third part, God says he will bring them through the fire, will refine them as silver is tried, Re- refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried. I want you to think about something. Following Satan, following the things of this world, following the worldliness, all of these things, will you will gain absolutely nothing from Amen. following it. Amen. You think you gain Praise something God, because of the right. pleasure that sin brings, whatever sin it may be, but it does not bring anything to you in reality. The only thing you gain is hell, and that in Hallelujah. and of itself is That's a right. loss. That's right. So this is the thing. I need people to realize that when you are following Satan, when you are going after these things, you are gaining literally nothing. That's you right. know, the truth is, a lot of people, even a lot of youth, they think, oh, the church just wants our money, the church just wants... No, mm. the point is not... Do not we're not asking you to join a church or a denomination or anything. Right. This is not the point. The point is you need to come to, to Christ. You need to be that right. third part, that last to the end that was tried as a uh, gold tried. And the scripture Thank says, you, what is the reward? God says, they will call on my name and I will hear them. I yes. will say, it is my people. And they shall say, the Lord is my God. The scripture says, Israel is the Lord's inheritance. And this is the same portion that you can have if you decide to truly follow Jesus with all of your heart. That Amen. You can you can be able to say that God will be able to say about you, this is my person, this is my son, this is my daughter, it is my people, and you will be able to say the Lord is my God. He will be yours. You gain way more from following Jesus than from following these fleshly things, these worldly things. And I am not just talking about things on this earth. I am talking about eternal life. So why will you go and why will you follow Satan to the lake of fire which will destroy you, which will burn forever and ever, that will give you literally nothing? Why will you chase after the lust of this world which will leave you empty, which will leave you convicted and bitter and 
filled with strife inside of yourself and knowing that you've disobeyed God and knowing that you're headed for his wrath, why will you follow these things? Mm. Follow Jesus. Though, even though all of these bad things will happen to you, yes. you will have him to be your God and you will be his person. That Praise is the God. true reward. That is why it's so much better to follow him than leave him, as That's so right. many are doing today. That's right. Amazing. Praise God for that. Thank you for that. Amen. That's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so powerful what you just said because... Because a lot of people feel there's no hope. They feel that there is no hope because they're not getting hope. Unfortunately, where they should be getting hope, in, the, in, in a place that's called uh, the Christian church, right? Uh, So-called. And, and unfortunately, they're not getting the hope that they need. Amen? Amen. They have broken, they have, you know, they, they have cisterns that are broken. Amen? holes in them and they're not getting the message of redemption and salvation and turning from sin and these places are, are sadly to say but they're synagogues of satan because they're not allowing the young people not just young people but anybody older young whatever the case may be middle-aged doesn't matter to hear the glorious good news of salvation to the lord jesus christ and the bible says if this gospel be hid in second corinthians chapter four right if this gospel be hid it is hid to only one group of people to them that are lost and so that's exactly why right. people need to hear the word they need to be saved and you made a good point when you're when you're when you're uh when you're preaching these things you said that uh this is already prophesied in the word of God. Amen. Amen. All these things about the last days are falling away first. Amen. Wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines, pestilence. All these things are already in the word of God. What do we think? Do we think we're going to overturn it? No. Well, exactly. And But these false preachers are thinking, oh, how can we turn things around? You're not going to turn anything around. Period. Amen? Yeah, that's right. It's not going to happen. Now, that doesn't mean to say we don't reach out with the gospel and still evangelize and do what we can and thank God souls will be saved. But there's not going to be no major turnaround whereby we're going to turn this whole thing around and that there's going to be a massive revival and somehow all this prophecy is not going to be fulfilled. That's not going to happen that way. Exactly. At all. Yeah. It's going to be fulfilled 100%. Just like when, when Peter said, uh, you know, Jesus said, you'll deny me three times. Peter said, no, no, be it far from me. I'm not going to deny you. I'll die for you. Well, well what, is, what, did, what did Peter think? Did he think that what Christ said was not going to come to pass? Listen, listen, I know he, he, he spoke what he felt at the time, that he would not deny the Lord at the time. Absolutely not. But, he, but the Lord already said that he would deny him. Therefore, guess what? That means he was going to deny him, right? If the Lord says something, it's going to come to pass 100%. Hallelujah. To the exact detail. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. Because the word of God is true from Genesis to Revelation. So as we close now, we want to say that, look, there's hope for everybody. Amen? There's hope for everybody. But that, but that time and that hope is running out and it's running out fast. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And this falling away that is that is permeated right through the church world today, and unfortunately it's gone through the young people, and people say, what do we do? What do we do? What we do is this. We preach the gospel straight in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. We preach about hell. We preach about heaven. We preach against sin. We preach against every vile, lewd way without apology. And we also preach the forgiveness of sins only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Not found through Buddha, Muhammad, Krishna, or Confucius, or through any other religious uh, system or ideology. Not through Mormonism, not through the cult of Mormonism, or the cult of the Jehovah's Witness doctrine, but only through the Lord Jesus Christ 
as, reve as revealed in the word of God that he's God in flesh. He died on the cross, rose again from the dead, coming back again to rule and to reign forever. Amen. And we who are saved will rule and reign with him. Amen. But first, the Bible talks about a, uh, the Bible talks about a falling away, as we just mentioned. And the rapture of the church that will happen before the seven-year period of tribulation, the revealing of the Antichrist, and then, of, of course, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. After the tribulation. We're not going to go into all of that. But listen, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not saved. You need to be saved. You need to know the Lord as your Savior. Amen. And be ready to go to heaven. I'm going to get Brother Isaac to lead in the prayer with you. But prayer itself can't save you. You cannot be saved by just saying a little prayer. You know, so many people say a little prayer, don't they? Mm -hmm. And it's meaningless. It doesn't mean that you get saved by saying a little prayer, does it? No. No. You have to mean what you're praying. You have to be sincerely uh, repentant toward God and trust the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. And then the Bible says, whosoever, hallelujah, shall call on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Shall be saved. God will save you. Will he forgive them of all their sins? Yes. Absolutely. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He died on the cross because God loves you. The, God, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth, thank you, Jesus, in him should not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. Amen. Have everlasting life. And so if you amen. want to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your saving Lord, amen. Brother Isaac is going to lead, lead you in a prayer of repentance and salvation if you want to accept him as your Savior. Amen. Go ahead, my brother. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. And I admit that I am a sinner. I've sinned yes. against you, Lord. And I'm asking, please forgive me, Lord. I've done so many bad things in my life, I've done so many sinful things. Please forgive me. Please wash me clean. I believe with all my heart you are the Son of God. I believe that you are the Lord, that you died for my sins. You died for everybody in the whole world. You came back to life. I truly believe it, Lord Jesus. Please forgive yeah. me and save me from my sins, Lord Jesus. I repent everything that I've done, all of my sinful things that I've done, all the bad things I've broken your law, God. I repent for them. I turn away from them. I yes. turn back to you, God. Please forgive me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Please give me eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And I, I know the Lord. Amen. If you, if you really pray that, that's a suggested prayer. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with my son Isaac, amen, praise God. And you truly meant it. You truly repented. The Lord Jesus Christ has saved you by his grace. Amen. And we would like to give you our free book, What It Means to Be Born Again, absolutely free. You can just go on our website and email us at internationaldeliveranceministries.org and just write to us at idministries at hotmail.com. We'll send you, amen, our free booklet, God willing. We're going to try to get uh, an online version, but you could just go on the website and download it or just review it on the website for yourself. We love you. We're praying for you. Please visit us at internationaldeliveranceministries.org. And you feel in your heart to, to give to our ministry, amen. We would appreciate whatever you can give. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. It will, that will assist us in preaching the gospel all around this world, amen. But most importantly, we just want you to pray for us if you're saved, amen. Even if you don't give us sin, we want you to pray for us and pray that God will use us to do his will and to preach his word faithfully. We love you. We're praying for you, amen. God bless. I'm going to let you say God bless, my brother. God bless you, everybody. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless. Well, I'm going on with Jesus just the same. I'm going on with Jesus just the same. You may fall.